0: Okay, welcome back to the Paperless Fairlist. I'm Justin. I'm Kerry. All right, Kerry, we are back today, um, this time talking about Fairlist paper number 14.
1: Yes. Uh, as
0: is the tradition, uh, one of us takes a summary, and it seems like you more than not. And once again, it sounds like you're going to do the summary for us today.
1: Yes, that will be our new tradition going forward, I think. <laughs> <laughs> or at Just least for today. <laughs> now, I'm more than happy to do the summary. Uh, number 14 is relatively straightforward. Um, light. This is another Madison paper again, uh spliced in between a couple of Hamiltons yes. and uh, I almost get the sense of exasperation from Madison okay. because he is re- revisiting this idea of the um, uh, 13 colonies of America, you know, no, they're not too big to yeah. be a country. Do I really have to address this with you people again? Yes. All right, here we go. Here we so go. in that spirit, <laughs> that's how he starts. He says, look, we're going to cover this again. We've already talked about how useful it is that we gather our states together under a common, strong government. But people are bringing up this idea again that uh, it would be too big. So we're going to talk about it. And so he uh, says, look, uh, <clears throat> I understand You know, going forward that, uh, that he talks about a lot of the problems that people are talking about it being too big to be a republic Mm -hmm. people just don't understand what words mean and specifically he's saying (laughs) you know all these bad things that people have been talking about relating to you know you need to have a small republic Mm -hmm. they're talking about democracies and specifically in the way we would think about nowadays uh direct democracy as opposed to you know the more broad term democracy democracy in which we don't send re- representatives. Literally, the whole body of citizens get citizens gathered together and vote. So that when he's using the word democracy, he's talking about direct democracy, where you know the people themselves are voting on everything. He says, of course, in a dire- direct democracy, you're going to have a, a problem where you can only have a, a country that's so big because it's hard for everyone to get together and vote on everything. If you're voting on literally everything that a country has to deal with. Of course, there's a size limit. We're not talking about that. He says that, you know, the, the problems that people have talked about in regarding democracy, they're talking about the ancient democracy of Greece and the more modern Italian democracies like the city-states that we've talked about before, like Genoa and whatnot, um, or Venice. But noticeably absent in that, of course, is uh, he doesn't mention Republican Rome. So, But moving on from that, he says, look, we're, we're talking about something different here. What we're talking about is representative government, where you, know, where you only have people who are representing the people. You can have more distance than you can with direct democracy. And he said, it would be a shame in which here we are in America, uniquely suited for this excellent form of government. He says, look, I understand that Europe you know, sort of pioneered this idea because they got a a pretty high population density. So it was easier to start on the road of direct democracy. But unlike them, and this is sort of a shout back to the John Jay episode we talked about a lot earlier, where he says, we're this homogenous, unmixed group of people, you know, unlike countries like Germany or France or Spain, where there's mixed, languages and cultures. We all share this common language, common culture. And so it'd be a shame. Here we are, the perfect people to try this out, and we're going to give up on it. That would just be ridiculous. So then he moves on to say, look, you know, our country is really not too big for representative, you know, Republican rule. He says... You know, there, honestly, there's a bunch of numbers and math. I sort of got a little bit uh, grayed out there, but basically it says the country's not that big. You know, at the time it's, it goes, you know, North as, you know, New, New Hampshire, Maine, you know, and Lake Southern shore of Lake Erie goes to the Mississippi, South to the Northern border of Florida. So it's not that big. It says, but this size of country, really, when you think about it and you add it all up, it's not much bigger than Germany. And they have a representative sort of government. Parts of it, they have this Diet. Diet meaning legislature. Uh, you know, similarly, fr- Poland before it was dismembered had a similar sort of representative government. You know, skipping over France and Spain, Great Britain. You know, who we look to. They have representative government, and because it's this Long Island, the people who live in the northern side of the island, they're really going not. You know, they're really going about the same distance the people. In the far northern and southern ends of the united states would be going so in perspective it's not that bad so then he starts a list he says look there's four different reasons why there, why really america would have a more durable republic than people might think number one we're not. It's not going to be this all-powerful government that's going to do everything, and you won't be able to, you know, buy a, a dog license without coming to Washington D.C. or wherever the capital is going to be. Didn't know at that point, I guess. Uh, it says, uh, you know, we're still going to have state governments, and a lot of your normal functions are going to be handled by your local state government. Number two, we understand we got 13 primitive states right now, but. They're going to get better at being states. They're going to become more sophisticated. Our internal bureaucracy and processes are going to become more sophisticated over time. It'll get easier because the internal mechanisms and processes will become more developed. Similarly, one of the reasons it's hard you know, to have this big country and have a centralized uh, seat of government is because, yeah, we're a big country that needs to develop our roads and our waterways, our canals a lot better. But that'll happen over time. And as time goes by, this, this problem would become smaller and smaller. And in fourth, uh, those countries that are, those states that are farthest away, they, this argument that they would want to be governed by a central authority, uh, and that they're not going to that, that that they wouldn't want to be governed by a central authority, and they want to uh, break away from it because they would have a harder time getting their representatives there is more than balanced out by the fact that these people on the frontier, they need the central authority the most to protect them from whoever is uh, opposing them, you know, whether it be hostile countries or insurrections, etc. So that's his list. And then he finishes up with this seemingly stream-of-consciousness high school football coach speech at the very end. He, He abandons his list, he abandons his logic, and just says, it's, it's like, we're good enough, we're smart enough, we could do it, don't let them get you down, come on, let's go out there and win this one for the forefathers. And it's sort of, in a way, somewhat contradictory. He, he starts out and says, look, all these people who say we can't do it, don't listen to them, they're just a bunch of people who are, you know, they're just upset that we're doing so great. But then he goes back and forth, he says, look, look, they're all saying this has never been done before, it's too novel, it's too new, it's too bizarre. He says, but really, the most bizarre and crazy thing we could do right now would be to split back up into a def- bunch of different states or regions. So what we're doing isn't too crazy, that really. Um, but, okay, maybe it's crazy. But is it any crazier than this revolution we had in the first place where we broke free of Great Britain when no one thought we could do it? So, it's you know, maybe it is crazy. But really, it's not crazy. Because what we're doing is really just a continuation of what's already been happening with the existing confederation government, and even before then, the the legislative you know the legislative bodies that we had even when we were under British rule. So it's not that crazy at all. But, just, but maybe it is crazy. So if it is crazy, though, why don't we have the guts to honor what our forefathers have done by breaking free of Great Britain and taking us this far by just you know. Going all the way with it, so I'm left not knowing if it's crazy or not. But I know whether it is or not. Madison wants us to see it through, and that's uh, that's the high level overview
0: I got. For all right. For well, I think you uh, think you nailed it, uh, as always, Kerry. Uh, that's why we like. That's why I like having you do the summaries. (laughs) Among other reasons. (laughs) Among other reasons. Plus, I can kind of zone out here for the first eight or nine minutes. (laughs) Well, there'll be a quiz later on. (laughs) There'll be a quiz? Oh, man. You got to tell me that ahead of time. It's a pop quiz. Pop quiz. quiz. All right. So, let's uh, – I like to start at the top of these things and kind of walk through. Um,
1: I don't know if if Madison would approve of your linear thinking. He seems much more – Outside the box guy thinking in
0: this one, I know. Well, he, he either
1: outside the box or just legitimately confused there at the end. I just, I just saw him in the locker room with all of these state uh, conventions. say, Come on, guys.
0: Come on. So yeah, okay. I, we'll start at the back there, at the back side of that. Um, uh, just picking up on that thought. You know, as I'm listening to you describe it when I was reading it before, you remember? You remember the movie Animal House?
1: Vaguely, yes. Okay,
0: and Belushi at one point when the when the frats like, oh, you know, we're the, they're, they're downtrodden. Mm. They're in the darkest hour. Yes. And Belushi stands up and, you know, his character is like three-quarters of the way drunk anyways. Uh, in the movie, the character is. And uh, and he looks around at all the sad and sullen faces. And he goes, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? <laughs> and the guy looks, this this goes, is his Germans bomb yeah, Bar- yeah. Pearl Harbor goes, moment. Germans? Hell no, Belushi says. And it ain't over now. Because <laughs> 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 when the going gets tough, the tough get going. He runs out of the room. And and this is, uh, I think, Madison. This is Madison
1: in the animal Madison house. Madison in the
0: animal house. That was my vision. I had Madison, uh, you know, standing around a room full of uh, uh, people, uh, you know, really throwing some red meat to the crowd there. At the, I can the see that. I can 20, see that. He seemed
1: know? really, he definitely was on an upward track the entire time. because yeah. At the very beginning, he seemed to be saying, really? We're, we're talking about this again?
0: Yeah. All
1: right. Yeah. And then by the end, you really seem to get into Just it. full steam. Once, Once you guys list out of the way. Full steam.
0: Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a person who likes lists. I like chronology and lists. Um, I'm okay with
1: lists, too. Yeah. Uh, this one was relatively easy and straightforward to understand. Yeah.
0: So. Um,
1: I do I want, want to go back to the beginning briefly. Yeah, even though I, that's, I'm not as tied to linear mode, but yeah. this one I think it's important to frame up. You know, for the listener. The question does become, why is he talking about this game? Because, you know, we recall that this... He uh, he
0: hit it pretty hard in 10.
1: Was it 10? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it was 10, because that was the only other one he's done so far. Okay, well, there you go. But So, yeah, you would think, only having done one paper so far, he Mm -hmm. comes in for number two talking about the exact same thing as he previously talked about. And you get his exasperation, but I think there's a reason for that. that. And looking into it, apparently... Not long before he came out with uh, this particular paper, number fourteen, number fourteen, the anti-federalists were at it again. Yeah, and they had actually written a, the, one of their own Cities. papers. They actually had a
0: few that addressed. Uh, yeah, there was, but there was one in particular yeah, okay.
1: on this very topic of, oh, this is this country is going to be too darn big, too darn big, and you know they specifically were saying that people in the furthest away states, like your Georgia or your New mm-hmm. Hampshire. They're not going to be able to be involved as much in the everyday business of governing because they'll be going too far. And I would like to mention as an aside that the author, again, was my favorite anti-federalist, federalist Federalist farmer, which I continue to visualize as being some, like, second-tier Marvel superhero character a la Captain America. (laughs) He's got, like, a red, bright, and blue combine. Um, I really would like to see that character developed. But we'll yeah, see, we'll that, see if we can
0: get some artwork. The
1: reason he's addressing this um, is because the anti-Federalists were addressing it they did. at that exact moment. They did. I,
0: I thought the um, – because Fairless Farmer published a couple and I thought George Clinton also published one here. Yes. And I was thinking George Clinton was the one that talked about uh, being too too big to function.
1: There, There were several – I just like to grab. the no, you're, right. you're right. Farmer. Yeah, you're you Talking right. about the Federalist, federalist Farmer. Farmer. Well,
0: they, you know what? <laughs> they had two here um, in the interim. So uh, let's let's take a quick, quick, quick right off the, right off the rip off the top. You know, he gives a list of it. Hey, look, we've he, Madison literally starts off this paper and says, "Here's all the stuff we've already talked about," and I'm not going to list them out and read them you know, to the to the paper here, the listeners. But he hits all the points and all the all the points that we've already proved all these points. And so now we got to do with this objection that has arisen to our points. And so that's what he gets into. And he talks about, you know, democracy in republics.
1: Sort of implying that anyone who's making this argument on the inter-federal side is some kind of idiot who doesn't know the difference between a democracy and yeah. like, yeah. or a I republic. Yeah. Mean, obviously, you guys are too busy writing to look in dictionaries, so let me just lay it out. So
0: I took it as a different way. I took it as, as a way that, not that he, he was calling him an idiot, but... But that he was calling saying that they were deliberately misleading the average person. He's like, you're conflating the two ad- ideas together. You're taking the, the ideas of democracy, the errors and problems of a direct democracy, and, you, and you're you're saying that's what happens in the republic, and, and vice versa. And you, and you guys, you basically know better, but you're you know you're you're mixing the two words up um, so, with the confusion so one of, of the names. So you know,
1: might then. Object to say. Look, we're not idiots. We're just lying to people. Okay, yeah. <laughs> don't insult us that way.
0: So I mean, I feel like he was he was kind of suggesting that that the anti featherists were were confusing the terms. They were in the spin zone, and they were yeah yeah fake news even back then. So uh, <laughs> fake pamphlets, <news. laughs> fake pamphlet news. So, um,
1: but it's ironic that he would take that approach because he seems to be pretty good himself. At picking and choosing what information that he wants to present. That's because, true. You know, he says, well, obviously we're you know, people if people can't understand that yeah. we're not talking about ancient Greek Greece and, you know, yeah. the Italian city states and, and the yeah. Italian city states, then you know, there's no help for these people. But <laughs> what about the Republic of Rome? Yeah.
0: So <laughs> they're pretty well known to be a republic. They were. They were. And so when that was why I think one of the big points of I'm not mixing up the anti fair list was George Clinton was talking about how uh, hey, you know, because he Clinton cited Rome uh, mm-hmm. in his in his, his paper at the time, and he talked about how you know the governors uh, there's all this collusion. Often the far flung uh, um, states of, of the Republic of Rome, and they would you know go beyond the boundaries and they would tax uh, people, and there's a lot of corruption. Oh, that's one of the you know, and the most
1: well known things, things about Rome and you know what led to their collapse, collapse is how the abuse any of power, anytime the the Republic tended to have problems administrating all of its four far flung territories because they were too far from Rome. Yeah. But anytime they gave someone an independent power to govern those territories, they would try to rise up against Rome and break away.
0: So yes.
1: So that would have been a good thing for Madison to address.
0: So well I think in the way he does, right? And because he kinda eventually he goes on later on and he talks about it and he says, look, we're not dealing with that because the states are gonna maintain their local governments. And the people will be able to go to the local governments when, and, and there's going to be, you know, accountability in the local governments that will keep the keep the states that may be far flung away from the federal the federal government kind of in line. And you're not going to have a Rome situation. So, but didn't
1: Rome bring Roman culture to the different uh, provinces or territories of Rome?
0: Yes, but I, you know, where where in Rome, the Repu- Roman Republic, you had a governor that was installed. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was there. He was there. Madison, I think, is suggesting here that hey, under my 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 Madison plan of of, mm-hmm. of federalism, you know the the state governments are still going to be accountable to the people. Okay. Okay, and they're getting you know, and and, and that the people will keep the state governments in check, and you're, it's not going to be like it wasn't wrong. Okay. There's a distinction there here. See, I you think know,
1: he's I think he has a harder time making that argument as a reason for. The states and the central government uh, not having a different interest that will pull them apart. In a way, I really think is whether or not you approve of them, I don't think you're going to. Um, <laughs> they're going to share some common interests based on their common, common culture, culture and other yeah. commonalities, yeah. common language, common culture. No. Because I think he would just be say, look, yeah. in America, even throughout from Georgia to New Hampshire and everything in between, All of those states have a lot of common values as Americans. All of them are going to be Americans. All of them are going to be colonists. And their differences are going to be smaller than, you know, America doesn't have, Georgia's not full of Visigoths. And, you know, New Hampshire's not full of Gauls, who are these distinct cultures who won't have the same values.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, despite
1: what I've said about Rhode Island, I understand even with them. Rhode Island,
0: yeah, um, as we started calling. Them. But you know, before that, I want to I want to pick your brain on another part because this is something that right. came up that, that I we touched on before. Um, he talks about the limits of democracy, and he said the the, the 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 limit geographically of a democracy is the point from the seat of government out to the farthest point geographically where someone can reasonably come in every time there needs to be a vote. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the just logistics of having it function. Mm-hmm. And that the limitation of a republic is is the point from the, the, the seat of the federal government all the way out geographically to the furthest point where a representative could make it back in a reasonable fashion, in a timely enough fashion, in a, in a frequency, frequently enough to to function and, and be a representative in and function in the federal government. And that's, that's sort of the radius – of of this the the circle of federal power, it under really the comes
1: government. down to how often you're making the trip.
0: Okay, yeah, and whether or not you can you can make it and, and, and do it in a way that allows the, the federal government to work. And you know, uh, so my point to this though, is,
1: yeah, okay.
0: he's saying that the limit it's it's not a defined limit on 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 the reach of a republican government. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's just a matter of logistics and geography mm-hmm. and in some ways technology. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And when we, we were talking in Madison 10 about, our friend's Paper Number 10, and, and a possible cure for, for in the modern world, for the limiting, for, for the, uh, for the factions, and how, how, how factions have, have, have maybe finally overwhelmed Madison's system of, of the diffusing of power between state and federal, and the federalist system that he set up, and that now two factions have taken hold and really have, have, you know, top-to-bottom influence now in a way that Madison might not have envisioned. And I postulated then, you know, is a cure for the common ailment and expansion of the republic so that it would make the the populace even broader and even more diverse and therefore harder for one faction to be able to control and align everybody because, right? Okay, so
1: here... And the answer there was no, obviously. Oh,
0: come on. <laughs> so my point to you is Madison seems to be suggesting that they're, you know, like, look, here, republics can expand as far as they want to or need to so long as the people and the representatives can make it back in a reasonable fashion to make sure they're passing their votes in a timely manner so that the government can function. So my suggestion to you again is, is Madison once again telling us here, this republic's going to grow. I mean, he hints to again later on in this paper as well that the republic's going to grow. He doesn't seem to be putting any limit on it other than the ability for representatives to make it back and to govern. So... And just I, to me, this seemed like another suggestion that that uh, he's OK with the growth of the republic.
1: Well, I agree there. but And I also yeah. agree that in comparison to where he was talking about factions in, in that paper going forward in the, into the present day and into the future. I don't think that the passage of time and developments in the country and the world have really helped his argument there as much. But this is a different issue yeah. on the issue of. How easy or hard would it be to develop, to have an effectively represented region in a larger public over time? Obviously, technology and yeah. developments has helped that. I mm-hmm. mean, and and he did accurately foresee that because, you know, when he was making his list of points, he basically run, yeah. came yeah. down and says, Well, look, I know right now you have to go through some r- really rough roads and yeah. rough terrain. It's a really hard, it's a hardship to go from Georgia to Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he says he's prophesying one day we're going to have better roads. Yep. We're going to have hotels that you get free <laughs> breakfast at in the morning. <laughs> we're going to have Expedia yeah. and Priceline and places to get cheap hotels. We're yep. going to have like um faster horses
0: yep. maybe. I mean, the hyperloop the hyperloop. What you're saying is, is that Madison foresaw the Hyperloop. That's it. It's possible.
1: <laughs> he he. And, uh, Madison invented, um, if not the Hyperloop, at least uh, everything else. There, there you go. As <laughs> far as communications and um, transportation technology. So yeah, I mean, we would be remiss to not say that you know it is easier to have effective representation over a larger area now because Today, absolutely. you can you know you can fly from one end to the mm-hmm. country of our current country to the other relatively quickly I mean, and you can virtually be telepresent.
0: You can be virtually there. In
1: point of fact, it would seem to even support a wider reach of dem- direct democracy. You know, yeah. hypothetically a well. government the size of America could have everyone everyone could download a voting app and we could vote on every single thing. That yes. goes through our government.
0: As long as it doesn't get hacked.
1: <laughs> I don't know how well informed those votes would be, <laughs> yeah. but they could be made.
0: Yeah, it's true. So yeah, I
1: think I think that the passage of time and de- how things have developed helps him more here yes. than in the just issue. Because <sighs> objective things like how easy it is to travel and how easy it is to communicate are more subject to change with technology than fundamental human nature is uh, in regards to factions. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'll grant so you that.
0: I, 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 Ladies and gentlemen, here to hear, Kerry uh, is agreeing with me uh, with our newfound spirit. Of I think I perfected that idea, yeah, I would say. I'm hearing that he agreed with me and that he thinks that there should be one... Massive world republic. No,
1: those are different (laughs) issues.
0: I'm not a one world government guy. I know you're not. I'm just messing with you. Okay.
1: You know, the the flip side, though, of his argument being a lot stronger now with the benefit of hindsight is that at the time, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the arguments he brings are weak. I mean, for example, what's hilarious to me is he talks about, well, you can have a good republic that represents everybody well. I mean – Germany does it. Poland does it. Uh, so does Great Britain. Hilarious because wasn't it just a few papers back that they were talking about how horrible Germany is as far as there are a bunch of squabbling city states who never get anything done. You're Poland,
0: right. yes, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah.
1: Poland, we <laughs> don't even need to <laughs> analyze it in any great depth because Poland. Before it was dismembered, so that's a fail right there. See how great Poland did? Yeah, they, they had just got torn apart. So yeah, let's be like them, and then finally Great Britain,
0: who they just well, rebelled from.
1: Well, wasn't the whole point of that rebellion that we're so far away from Britain that we're not really effectively represented in Parliament? Yes, I mean, and then I left like as a throwaway, skipping over France and Spain. When, who are not even going to talk about. <laughs> so stuff like that indicates to me that there's maybe a little bit of room for the Anti-Federalists to take issue with. A little with bit of oxygen for them
0: in the room still for them to argue with. Yeah. It's a little
1: bit of pot calling the kettle black for him to talk about the, the spinning of the Anti-Federalists in spots.
0: Yes. And that's one of them. Yes. So um, th- those are good points there. So he goes in, he, he, he gives a rough geographical estimation of how large uh, the country is and the 13 uh, states are at the time. And he says, look, you know, comparing to Europe. Um, and this is, I think, a bit what you were talking about. Uh, he says, hey, you know, Germany, Germany is not much bigger. So, you know, people can make it across Germany to make it to their legislator, uh, legislative seat, then people can do it here. And the better point, though, I think that he could have made, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know that if he did here or not, is that. I think he did. Maybe he did. You know, for 13 years during the Articles of Confederation, Mm -hmm. people were making the trip just fine. Well, he did. He did. Yeah, okay. So, so. you know, that would have been – I think maybe he does eventually say it. But, I mean, that's clearly, I think, the best point as to why Geography doesn't doesn't, – well, that he really buried his best argument because – it, uh, I, I glossed over it at that point when I'm reading it, because the well, reality man, he's is, he's just
1: getting he's he's so busy trying yeah. to get the citizens to go out there and play a strong second half
0: that he makes yeah. that
1: logical argument in so, right in the middle the, talking the, about how you know uh, reason we can do it we've been doing we've it we've been doing it that's yeah. the best
0: example as to why people can make it to the national legislatures because for the last 13 years under the Articles of Confederation they've been making it to the legislature you know mm-hmm. uh, so then he talks about. uh you know the,
1: the counterpoint th- to that, though,
0: which
1: yes. wasn't really b- very well brought up by him or Gannon, I don't think is maybe something they're trying to get at, but didn't is yes, you could be there for a long period of time to do the business of the people in Washington, but that's an issue we still talk about. The issue we still talk about today is at what point you become so institutionalized and such a creature of the central government. Because you don't make it back to your own district enough. Gone purpose. are you still representing
0: Become where a you can yourself? From. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. then. Yeah. Especially then where at least hypothetically now, a congressperson could fly back to their district every weekend. Yeah. But back then, you know, they didn't have
0: rest stops or interstates
1: or free breakfast at their hotel. So they not. Have
0: private, private jets. jets. It's, it's, a a hardship. Hardship. It a it's a hardship. It is a hardship. It's a hardship. It is. But they're making the trip. Uh, arguably, interestingly, it's a, the common argument is, Hey guys in Washington, you never get anything done while you're there, get to work. Yeah. Right. But Hey, you're, you're in Washington too much. You don't know what your people are. So then they spend, and when they have these huge, you know, month long breaks, like in August that they spend back in their district relating to the people they get hit with. Why aren't you getting anything done in Washington? Well, in <laughs> fairness,
1: <laughs> who doesn't want to have their cake and eat it too? Yeah. That's, That's always <laughs> my preferred option. <laughs>
0: so all right so now the list let's start with number one number one uh what was number one uh first place remember that the general governments aren't
1: great right now
0: general government is not to be charged with the whole power of making and administering laws number one that's right there's
1: more than one government there There is more than than one government. the madison plan
0: he's like look guys there's more than one layer to this government it's not just a federal government in fact he specifies the federal government's jurisdictions be limited to certain enumerated objects. And here...
1: He's I talking about the 10th Amendment that does not yet exist. Well, I, I just, just, I hear the the, I, I, the... the proto-idea that led to the 10th Amendment.
0: I hear the cry of, of, of Justice Scalia saying...
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> I hope not.
0: <laughs> just liberate, limited... <laughs> Strict constructionalism, you know the the the, you know I hear the broad application. I will say of the Commerce Clause, and I wonder if Mr. if Mr. Madison uh, would have envisioned its application in that fashion when they were writing it back I
1: don't think he was going that far. It's still a proto yeah. idea. It's still yeah, uh, and a baby idea waiting to grow into an adult idea.
0: Oh, it is. It is embryonic at this point. The Commerce Clause
1: embryonic. That was the you word know. I was looking for. Okay.
0: Um, because it is a full fledged uh, adult. In now. addition to
1: being <laughs> embryonic, it's 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 ironic in the way that he's making this argument because in surrounding papers, one of the main themes of the Federalists' arguments mm-hmm. is these state governments basically couldn't eat lead ants to a picnic. They yeah. can't <laughs> walk and chew gum <laughs> at the same
0: time. They certainly can't get they any taxes are done. We're are awful. About that,
1: right? We yeah. are on the verge of the great abyss. Yeah,
0: he talks, and about- yet.
1: The thing that's going to save us from being ineffective as a national government is that these 13 state smaller governments, governments the state governments, Will represent the people, are going to keep things running great. Mm-hmm. Well, track record, not so great.
0: Mm-hmm. Weakest so, of the
1: four arguments, in my opinion.
0: But I just thought it was interesting. I mean, uh, I guess just from my own personal views, I've watched, you know, read a lot of Commerce Clause cases mm-hmm. over the years. And so I've seen the application to so many different areas and then I you know you look back and you see Madison talking about specific enumerated powers here mm-hmm. and to kind of assuage the fears that the, that they're going to unleash some beast of a federal government that's going to undo all the hard-fought battles that they won in the revolution and yeah. and said, no 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 it's only going to have specific enumerated objects of jurisdiction and that's it otherwise state governments got it they're going to they're going to legislate everything else that the state government would legislate and need to legislate on exactly. a day-to-day basis, and if a person's ninety five percent of the person's needs and desires are gonna be addressed at the local level and, and the local government policy will be. The national will, government yeah, will and, and and the applications will be will be made by the states and the specific regional concerns can be addressed regionally. And so the the person, the human, the individual citizen, is not, in fact, you know, point of fact, 500 miles from the seat of government. Yep. They'll barely notice you know, a lot of times. They'll barely notice. Yeah. It'd be like that excise tax. You won't even know we're here, right? right. So.
1: <laughs> if you're going to go get your deed, you know, register your deed, you're yes. going to still go to the county seat. The county seat. Just like you did before. Yeah. And in that, he makes that pretty explicit. He says, look. You know, if we were tr- trying to form a national government by saying we're going to abolish state governments and just be a completely consolidated and uni- unitary yeah. federal government, yeah, yeah, that would be a valid criticism, but we're
0: not. There's still exactly going right. to be
1: state governments. Yeah. They're still going to handle most of your everyday needs. This is just really high-level stuff the federal government would do.
0: Which then, you know, begs the question, like, let's take a step back for a second and think about the modern day. Like, how much do you think people really appreciate that fact now, that the, that the system of government is really not meant that the federal government is not meant to be the one-stop shop, all-powerful, addressing every concern of the nation.
1: It, Maybe know. was not meant. I don't know if I'd say is not well, meant. Well, because that's my point. That's, right? It's a continuous. It has been a continuously evolving thing. <laughs> yes. Even like within the contemporary of, you know, the right? They talk talk back and forth all the time about what things should, can and should be delegated back to states. You know, even expenditure-wise with block grants and whatnot, and one mm-hmm. what should stay a federal problem. Mm-hmm. That being said, you're correct to note that uh, whenever there does seem to be a big problem, there is an inclination uh, in modern America to look to the federal level yeah. to solve it rather than the state level. Yeah. Because they think, well, if it's important, it must be federal-level important. Yeah. If it's just the state, ah, that- is it really that important? Because yeah. they can like
0: handle we, important things. If it ends up, you know, being important enough to even be on the news, it's got to be a federal yeah, it issue. It go to a know, federal, federal, know, federal it's, government it's gotta issue. It's got to be, yeah. you know, it needs to be applied wide, wide, uh, across the board. Anyways, uh, so the second observation was what he made another. Those
1: are the fact that we lived at the time in thirteen primitive states. Mm. People had stone wheels on their carriages.
0: He used the word We'd primitive just states. Barely wow.
1: invented fire. <laughs> it was basically thirteen states governed by cavemen. Yeah. But his argument is that look, they can't get any worse. I don't think he really meant by they're gonna get better.
0: He you know, exaggerated the primitive, uh, his use of primitive. He, said primitive. he does I'll say primitive states, I know.
1: Logical and perhaps illogical conclusions. Okay.
0: Uh, but here again, he foresees the expansion of the union. And he says, look, we've got our 13 states now. The Constitution is going to allow for growth later on. By those who will have additional discoveries and more experience, and they'll be in better position to handle with the expansion of the, of the union at a later date.
1: See, I didn't think it was as much about adding more states was going to solve the problem, because that just... No, he, I think it adds more problems in some ways. And he, he does, does mention, it, mention we're going to add more states. Yeah. I thought the the fact that we're adding more states is an ancillary component of the fact that as we evolve and get used to this process of adding more states and getting more, uh, yeah. more ent- sub-entities within the government, we'll get better at working out the processes of governing these different states. It's that going through the... Practicing government yeah. will make government better.
0: Okay. Yeah. And
1: under the Articles of Confederation, because almost all the power, all the real power was delegated down to the states, there wasn't a practice yeah. of interplay between the states and the federal government about sharing power and solving problems. And so it wouldn't really start until you got under the Constitution, when you learned by doing. That's what I thought this was about. We'll learn by doing.
0: Okay. And you mentioned the Articles of Confederation. Let me... i want to find something real quick. Yeah. Bear with me. Yeah. When I
1: say the, uh, I think it's about the practice of government, I guess I'm drawing from the end of that paragraph where he talks about, we're going to develop through further discoveries and experience to make them more equal to the task. Okay. You know, what's going to, adding more states will be the catalyst, but the thing that'll get you there will be the, the science of government and exercising that science, working on it.
0: Okay, you mentioned the Articles of Confederation. And, I did, and, and, and how all the power was reserved in the states. And so one of the the, the one of the articles of the Confederation specifically read that each state re- retained its sovereignty, freedom, independence, and every power, jurisdiction, and right. I mean, when you read that, it's no wonder they couldn't function as at, mm-hmm. at a federal level. I mean,
1: yep, I think that's <laughs> going to be talked you know, about in Article Fifteen. Yeah, Paper and, Fifteen, Paper Fifteen. Paper 15.
0: Yes, paper fifteen. Federalist paper fifteen, not Article fifteen. So I just, you know, it really, the modern equivalent to the Articles of Confederation really is the European Union, right? What do you say? In some
1: ways, um, definitely. In the way, European Union is almost the flip side of the Articles of Confederation because the Articles of Confederation gave the most, our most powerful. Oh, in I understand. In regard to military. military power. yes, and no. Weakest exactly. economically, and EU is reversed. Yes.
0: yes, in that sense. Yes. Yeah, EU but is I just, weak. Mil- the
1: weak military is strong economically.
0: I just meant that, that they're all bound together, but yet... Loosely. Loosely. And they all like insist on still maintaining their own... Because they're not
1: so They speak different languages. They don't have rivers that run through every country. Yes, Or
0: are we back to the rivers point now? Does he talk about... I don't any? even
1: know if they have decent hands there the trade
0: <laughs> well certainly they're that's not smuggling right. very effectively certainly certainly not <laughs> you know, so rivers and hams that's the key rivers and key. hams are the key to a successful democratic republic exactly Jay called us oh man we're not homogenous we never have <laughs> been homogenous we're not homogenous now or we weren't homogenous then <laughs> so, it's an
1: evolving homogeneity uh, okay
0: you got to be able to say it <laughs> yeah.
1: through the through the further discoveries and experience. Okay. I will continue to say that better, okay. and I'll develop it. Uh, so I'm more equal to the task. Yes,
0: yeah, here the third the third um, point was that this uh, you know trade and intercourse between the uh, the states is going to improve. The roads are going to get better. The canals are going to get better. We're going to just continue to um, be the beneficiaries of uh, better infrastructure, and as a result. Government will function better.
1: Two and three go together very closely. Yes, you know, two is the states aren't very good at governing right now, but they'll get better. Three is we're, the, our country doesn't have a lot of good ways to get from point A to get b, point B. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get better. Yeah, I mean, two and three tied. America's gonna get good. Mm-hmm. G-E-T-G-U-D. Get good and like it's like you. I feel like Madison here is like uh, consulting somebody who's like really bad at playing multiplayer online games. They're okay. whining about how they can't pull off an epic raid. They're getting really bad loot. He's like, well, just
0: get good. Just get okay. good. Okay. okay? Okay. The game's not
1: broken. You just need to get good. <laughs> okay. And that's what he's telling the stage. like, you got to practice. You got to get better parties that you're grouping with. Well, see,
0: maybe... maybe read, some, some
1: read some tips and, tips and tricks and just... Play better, get good. We're gonna get good, America. Now
0: I understand Madison's fat loots. Madison's, uh, you know, coach speech here at the end, right? And he's going through. He's like, here's all the things you need to get that's done. How, that's, how that's how it links is, up. And, and you know, we're gonna go back out there and take the field, and we're gonna get it done. So um, number four, Madison <laughs> is
1: basically a guild leader of like World of Warcraft, trying to try get his people there. Raid a uh, very powerful dragon or something.
0: Okay, All right. Um, having never played World of Warcraft myself, I will. Uh, uh, or that type I, I will, of. You. I will defer to your. He's, in his,
1: he's trying to get America to get it together <laughs> enough to come, bring back some powerful magic bring, items. There, okay, and who can't? Who can't <laughs> applaud that? Um. <laughs> Are, Are you sufficiently, sufficiently derailed at
0: this point? I am derailed at this point. I've got no other well, point. Number four was that get good. Try, I'm trying to get good. Get good and go on to number four. <laughs> number four is that hey, everyone's going to be, every state essentially is going to be on a frontier it's, uh, to some extent. And, um, you know, you're going to be surrounded
1: by enemies, I guess.
0: <laughs> That's just it. Yeah. We're going to, this we're is a fear so good. This is the fear factor. People will not want to have it. They're, they're going to surround us. know, It's, so a, it's so that, it's that. Everybody's got an exposed side all right, mm-hmm. uh, to their state, and they're going to basically need that federal government and the security and the safety of the federal blanket to that, that it provides uh, is basically what his fourth, fourth point here is. Um,
1: I thought he was a little bit sloppy, sloppy on making this point, point because I thought the point he one wanted one to one make one was that, that look, to <laughs> the extent you're in a state that's furthest away yeah, from the central, central government, government. – and feel would feel the most agitated by the fact that your representatives have, don't represent either you mm-hmm. or participate as much because they're so far away. Yeah. To the extent that's an issue, you're also the ones who need the federal government the most. Yes. So if you're in Georgia, your southern border is Spanish Florida. Mm-hmm. Your western border is French Louisiana and the territories and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know same, same thing up north. north. You you've, you've got hostile got and dangerous Canada, Canada. or
0: <laughs> Vermont. Yeah. Wait, R- Vermont? Well, well they're, they're Vermont. a hostile power at this point. Yeah, I discussed. Yeah, yeah. And, and then
1: you've got, got like, in well, you know the territory, territory that will one day become Ohio become and in the Canada region, region. You've got, got all these British, British troops who aren't leaving, leaving like, like they were supposed, supposed to after the Revolutionary War. So yeah, you might be somewhat miffed by the fact that either your people can't get to Washington to represent you as much or they're in Washington so much that you don't feel they represent you very well. But how important is that to the point that you need the federal government to send a militia out, to send the regular army out Mm -hmm. to stop the British from, you know, burning your farm?
0: Yeah. That's what what I think
1: he was trying to say there.
0: Okay. Well, uh, and this brings us to the uh, win-win for the Gipper uh, speech here at the end. Uh, So... And, I mean, he just, I you don't he know. can't really
1: decide if it's straight out football coach trying to get the team to win or if it's a little bit more laid back, like a Stuart Smalley-type motivational speech of saying, come on, guys, people like us, we're, we're good enough, we're smart enough, we're going to get this done. Don't listen to those people.
0: They're Not just jealous. People like me. If people like us.
1: It's, it might be a hybrid between the two.
0: I, see, I feel like it's more of a ramp-up, especially towards the end where he... I want it to be a ramp-up. You know,
1: it would make me sad if it wasn't. You know, I want him to be yeah, shouting at his... By the,
0: by the, by the, the time point. where he talks and he says, I'm going to read this small part. Very well. Um, is it not the glory of the people of America that whilst they have paid a decent regard to the opinions of former times and other nations, they have not suffered a blind veneration for antiquity, for custom, or for names to overrule the suggestions... Of their own good sense, the knowledge of their own situation, and the lessons of their own experience. I thought that was interesting. And then um, it, towards the very end he goes, you know, they accomplished a revolution which has no parallel in the annals of human society. They reared the fabrics of government which have no model on the face of the globe. They formed the design of a great confederacy which it is incumbent on their successors to improve and perpetuate. If their works betray imperfections, we wonder at the fewness of them. And so I think by that point, he's just really just just lionizing the, is, the revolutionary generation and just, go, you know.
1: This is some high-flying rhetoric. I you mean, know. you know, like he says, we've got – America's got to take up its manly spirit to address this. I mean, yes. you know. the, the, not only is America this time doing something that's pretty good, it's pretty much the best stuff but ever. It's, it's,
0: yeah, it's, it's not pretty good. I mean, this is – this is uh, It's
1: not pretty good. This is the most awesomest awesome – in the history of awesome Boston things.
0: Days. yes. Yeah. Now you sound like uh, Jack Black from Kung Fu Panda.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have not watched that film. You have
0: not watched Kung Fu Panda?
1: I did not That's know. Surprising, it, I was not aware I would be discussing Kung Fu Panda in reference to Federalist 14 See?
0: today. Um, but I knew? apologize for coming
1: so unprepared.
0: Who knew how Kung Fu Panda, would, how you would tie it in uh, to the Federalist? No, but all seriousness, I mean, he really ends on this high note of, you know, we are birthing a new form of government and a new society and and a new experiment into the world, and nothing like this has ever been done in all of human history. And honestly, I mean, this—this this, all joking aside, he's kind of right.
1: Oh, yeah. You know I mean? Okay. As like, much as I want to throw rocks at yeah, him. Yeah, as
0: much as you want to, like, joke around and kind of, you, know, po- you know, poke at him and say, aha, oh, look, you're just chucking red meat at the, you know, the masses to get them wild up and come vote for your way. The reality is, is what they did in overthrowing Britain. Mm-hmm. Thank you for a little bit of help, French. But what they did <laughs> went over for right. Sorry about not paying back. Yeah, sorry about not paying the debt there. Um uh you know, really and then the idea of the government that we have, I mean it's just it's unique and and wonderful and uh I know we were teasing Madison a good bit here, but um, he's, well he's, we don't he's we want to be clear that we don't we
1: you don't, don't think, think that it was a, you know yeah. obviously the <laughs> constitution ended up working out in the end yeah well, um, so, so yeah. far
0: right that's, that's an interesting thing like I had the thought today I'm like what if the whole thing collapses and then there are in the end some of the arguments is that anti federalists will have come to you know it might be 250 years later or 400 years later but end up <laughs> end up being proven right like
1: <laughs> well would that really undermine the, the the whole of I mean I think that's <laughs> one of those things that we, where we can honestly pull back and have some distance from the Federalist Papers in that they their job was they were writing persuasive papers. And they yes. to do that, they feel like they couldn't have any weaknesses. They couldn't admit there was any flaws yeah. in this constitutional idea. Whereas I think we, with the benefit of having the Constitution as a fault, can say, yeah, there's things that could be better, there are weaknesses, but on the whole, like Churchill said about democracy, Absolutely. generally, yeah. it's the worst thing except for everything else that's been tried. And yeah. I think the same thing could be said of the Constitution of, there's weaknesses, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's the worst thing has been ever tried, obviously, oh, no. but there's weaknesses, but on the whole, it's been pretty good, and it wasn't just, I think that's one of Madison's closing points, is it's not just the fact that we won the revolution, it's, it's sort of that sense of what Abraham Lincoln spoke about uh, at the uh, Gettysburg Address of, mm-hmm. you know, we, we got to continue so that these brave few who died won't have died in vain. You know, yes, all these soldiers died so you could be free. But that wasn't the end. You know, we can't just say, well, we won. We don't have to do anything else. Exactly. It was the beginning. And if we want to honor that sacrifice, if we want to really capitalize on everything that was done before, it's up to us to realize the full potential by bringing forward a better form of government. Because it, it wasn't just America won the American Revolution, it was the fact that we formed this better union which mm-hmm. is has been a model for democracies all over the world. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't lose f- sight of the fact that even though America is a relatively young country as a country, as a functioning democracy it's the granddaddy. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, So, So, I think... So, there was our own coach's speech at the end. end. Yeah. You You got to go go out there and continue continue to win. Continue to win. Um, Continue to win. um, So... All right, well, I think that probably wraps it up for. Uh, it definitely wraps, wraps, it, up. wraps it up. Let's not up. lag at the end okay. here. Yeah. We had, yeah. we had this right. pep talk right. by Madison. Yeah, we got
1: strong. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't think we need to finish by like, bringing it in, put our hands together, and saying one, two, three Federals or anything. But <laughs> I, I think it was a strong paper, it was a clear paper. Yeah. He had a lot to say, and we had a lot to say about it.
0: There you go. No. Okay. All right, Thank you, well, team, for team, for tuning in. For tuning in. And see you and next week We will. for more winning. More winning. On the next paper, playlist number 15. You'll be back. All right. All right. (laughs) Break it down.